peaceful protest. We walking, raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Oh yeah, it's a full dose of us this week. It's a full dose. No guess, no mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> Just Morrison and Jackson breaking down the news. Uh, the NBA and historically black colleges interwoven at a whole nother level. We gave you a preview a couple weeks ago. We'll get to the actual news of it. Um, the commissioner is on the record about the Washington football team will mm. Kirk's shaking his head for those of you not watching the, uh, <laughs> the, the visual part of this I uh, can't wait to get into that with you my man but let's start off with a story that is out there you won't see it in headlines right but it's out there and it's uncomfortable and that's what we're charged with on this program so we got to get <laughs> into it um, I'm hoping it makes every channel uh, that we're on let's let's get into it here uh, Robert Sarver uh, you know that name if you're an NBA or WNBA fan. He is the managing general partner for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. He has um, begun to mount the counter-conversation ahead of a e- rumored ESPN investigation into allegations of racial and gender bias in the organization. Um, he put out a statement, Kirk, on Friday that he was shocked about this report coming down the avenue saying, quote, I don't know how to prove that something didn't happen and it is difficult to erase or forget ugly accusations once they are made. I categorically deny any and all suggestions that I use disparaging language related to race or gender. That's uh, part of his um, scenario there. Uh, Apparently, Jordan Schultz received some information on Friday, late last week, that the NBA is preparing for ESPN to publish a story accusing Sarver of racism, sexism, and sexual harassment within his organization. Last check, ESPN has not put this story out yet. Correct. Um, it might, as our show is taped on Wednesday, as we air throughout the weekend into the weekend, it might come out. Um, what Schultz laid down was the league could forcibly remove Sarver if there is enough evidence to support such claims, um, reaching to the Donald Sterling fiasco that landed in the lap of Adam Silver as he was becoming commissioner uh, back in 2014. Um, from my perspective, Kirk, uh, Sarver came into the league um, hot. Right. <laughs> he came into the league hot. He sat on the floor. He was demonstrative. He went through a lot of basketball staff and a lot of coaches, and he seems to have landed in a really good spot. One thing about Sarver, you didn't hear a lot about him. From, or from no, him. not at all. Right. right. Mm-hmm. James Jones, the, the, the uh, general manager. Manager, and right. Monty Williams. The head the coach. Head coach, and then obviously the players led by Chris Paul. So, And I think this happens with guys when they come into the league, that you come in, you got all your dough, Right, you, you're excited. You're happy. 
And then you realize <laughs> that is a fortress you're now a part of. Yeah. And there's a lot of people with the same amount of money, sometimes more. <laughs> and <laughs> you, you find your way. Like, not as similar, but, but you know, Mark Cuban had to find his way. But Mark Cuban yes. is seen as a centrist now. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <In the> league, <laughs> which seems pretty amazing when you think about it. But the seriousness of this. Right. Is... It gives us pause, but it's challenging to get any deeper into it because we don't have the report yet. But Sarver has his defense up. The organization has its defense up. Um, I believe in their statement, they say, quote, we urge everyone not to rush to judgment here, especially based on lies, innuendo, and a false narrative to attack our organization and its leadership. How's this falling with you so far? You know, to be honest, it's uh, kind of kind of almost numb to it if that makes sense in terms of this it's another week and yet we hear another story in in terms of an organization an organization head the administrators with conduct that against what people may a lot of people's beliefs are i mean it's now happening everywhere jackson to a point where i'm not even surprised so when like when this story first came out, my initial reaction was, hmm, okay, let's get to the bottom of it. <laughs> because I think that there was a common place in time that if we go 10, 15, 20, and a little bit further back, the, the further you go, the more stuff you're gonna see. <laughs> and I just don't know how far how far how far back we're gonna go. Because if we start going too far back, boy, 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 a lot of folks is going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, without. And so I think for me, I do want to know when has all of this taken place? Are we talking about a recent? Are we talking about, you know, many moons ago? Uh, you know, we talked about on this same program just you know, prior weeks about John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders and actions and words in which he wrote in an email 10 years ago, right? He have, was forced to resign. The Raiders had to fire him, basically parting of ways. But that's because the owner and him had to, had to make that decision. This is always tricky, Jax. You know why? Because I've always said, who fires an owner? Mm. Now, I do we, know we that. We know who. Yeah, we do know who, <laughs> right? We do know who. It has to be the commissioner. But then at the end of the day, doesn't the commissioner work for the owner? It's a tough, tough spot. So, <laughs> because we're also going through that. I know we're going to talk about it a little later in the program right. with Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder, who's the owner of the Washington football team. Like how, who always said, we always say, who does the owner, the owner report right. to in the chain of command? So, as this news is starting to come out, it's starting to slowly trickle out. Obviously, you want to get all the facts first, all the details. I'm not going to rush to judgment. I'm not going to rush to. I want to see how this thing plays out and really see what's going on, because I'm truly, truly. I'm just not I'm not surprised anymore. <laughs> when you hear stories like this, Jack's like, I'm not surprised that, you know, multi-billionaire owners you know, have probably said some things in the past that probably wouldn't go over well with quite a few people. What do they say about absolute power? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and listen, that doesn't mean that we 
let me let me let me make sure I measure this properly. We've mm-hmm. moved into a time where you you damn near can't say anything to anybody. Correct. Even <laughs> even when you are in charge and um, and maybe even be correct. I mean, you be, look, come on, let's be real. If we're talking, we mm-hmm. you can't even be a comedian and talk about people. When you try to just, hey, I'm just trying to make light of the situation. Right. I'm watching what's right. going on with Dave Chappelle. It don't matter. People, you know, and this is what you sign up for. <laughs> this is what, exactly. You go out front, and th- and also yep. it's the reason why people retreat. Mm. Um, but we are trying to be in an era that's more mindful, more inclusive, and those things require more. The bar is higher. Right. Uh, you talked about reaching back. ESPN plus published a report in 2019 describing a quote messy and dysfunctional front office culture with the mm-hmm. Suns organization. That wasn't really a secret around the league. Correct. And the results showed right, uh, but this that that report sh- sh- shined a light on how Sarver would dress down star players in the locker room, and you can imagine. That starts getting around the league. That's hard to get folks in. Um, that, that doesn't that doesn't that start to make us rethink or bring back old something. memories of right. of right. Donald right. Sterling? Come on, man! You start looking back at that smoke. Here's the tough thing: is that you have both organizations from respective leagues, the Suns and the Mercury, at the top of their games. They missed. They got the invitation to the mountaintop. Um, they didn't get to stay <laughs> right. either one. Um, the Suns losing to the Bucks and uh, the Mercury losing uh, earlier uh, this month to the Chicago Sky. Um, I, what is ESPN waiting for? I wonder. I wonder. The, the I's getting dotted, T's getting crossed. It's right. rare that the worldwide leader gets scooped on their own stuff. <laughs> yeah, final edits. You're making sure that they have uh, lawyers in place because they're going to have to lawyer up. Yeah. When, you have, when you have these sort of editorials or investigative pieces, you, you better have everything right. Have, have all your ducks in a row because we are talking with a different, uh, a higher standard or a higher class of people who will make sure that you, you better be bulletproof because they're going to come back. They're going to come back with everything in their power to say, Oh, this was not authorized. Who said this? This was also confidential. This was who did you speak to? This was also confidential. Like there's a lot that can go into this. So I think this is and look, I don't have the journalistic background in terms of what needs to be uh, done before a big story like this breaks. But maybe from a lot of the movies I've watched, though, Jax, <laughs> I've seen, uh, you know, some ways that, you know, you have to before big stories break, you have to go with everything and have everything in line. Imagine being Chris Paul. You've been through this already. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I I never even put that two and two together. Yeah, man. I never put two and two uh, together. Wow. Everybody over at uh, The Root. Um, Mm. By the way, this is not a read for children. Uh, Jay Connor connected those dots, so I'm not taking credit. Right. Um, But he, he makes a point. And again, we're still waiting on all of the details here. But um, when when Chris was reached out to for comment, uh, yeah, he, he declined. <laughs> I bet he reached, would actually. Um, <laughs> but but the organization um, has put you know the stake in the ground that um, 
at the story, and apparently they've been brought into the loop because they are locking in on this story is completely outrageous and false. And uh, I mean, even the team president, uh, who's been with Sarver for 15 years, uh, he's putting his career and his name on the line. That's Jason Rowley, CEO and president for the Suns, um, saying, quote, uh, it doesn't represent at all the Robert Sarver I've worked alongside for 15 years. He's not a racist, racist, and he's not a sexist. Um, but, um, man. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's only the tip of the iceberg. We don't, we don't, we don't, we still don't know. I mean, we're trying to gather a lot of information um, because, and, and also too, this doesn't just affect one organization, one uh, set of players and coaches. Uh, it's things like this that also set back a league too. It set back. It sets back a league in terms of, you know, how is this part of your organization? Yeah. You know, you you just this, this is one of thirty, but yet that shield is is thirty deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not twenty nine teams and oh here goes the Suns. Like no, we thirty deep. You know what I mean? And I think that's the hard part when it comes to this, Jax, is that a lot of you know, folks will sit back and say, how is this in your league? Right. Like, how are like, how are you vetting folks? Right. How is this part of the Listen, organizational group? The league has anonymous hotlines. We are, we can inform the league without informing the team that, that stuff's jumping off crazy. Um, I know that's not where everybody's going to go. And right. by the way, you shouldn't have to go there to begin with. Right. <laughs> Correct. Organizations should be on point. Um, Let's wrap it up with this. Is there a possibility we'd never see this story? I mean, I'm seeing it in the NFL. I mean, they fight like crazy that we won't see that story with the Washington football team because this also be along the lines similar to that situation with Sarver. Um, You know, who, who is at liberty to see this story? And what documents, what evidence, what video what people you've talked to. That's what it all comes down to, you know, and do some people even want that limelight or, you know, that, that, that spotlight that you'll have for um, coming forward, which should never be the case, right? Should never be the case. I mean, coming forward to talk about, you know, recklessness or just um, workplace uh, dishonesty. You should never feel like you shouldn't be able to do that. But we know that in this day and age, obviously, you do come out, obviously, there's going to be a backlash. There's going to be a spotlight on you. But I think we all just want to get down to the truth. That, that's the big thing. Can we get to the truth of what's going on? ESPN statement, quote, we don't comment on stories that may or may not be in progress, end quote. Let us not forget Disney, the parent company of ESPN and the National Basketball Association, yep. our partners, as a series mm-hmm. XM with the NBA. So all that being said, let's take a quick break. We will come back. The commissioner of the national football league has comments on the Washington football team and their issues. It is the issue edition. (laughs) (laughs) That's Morrison. I'm Jackson. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to forward progress on Sirius XM radio. Glad you stayed with us here on forward progress. We turn our attention now to the shield, uh, the investigation the NFL is conducting 
uh, on the Washington football team. Uh, Kirk, is the word best placed here is non-transparent? Uh, I think so. That's, that's, that's a good way, way to put it. And, yeah, that's and the best way earlier to put this it. week, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, doubled down. <laughs> it was like, and we will not make it public, <laughs> the results of right. our inv investigation into that workplace, uh, saying that the anonymity of the people who cooperated with the investigation uh, was too high a priority to allow the league to do so. Now, folks are all riled up, right? Right. Um, I'll, I'll hold out judgment. If it's right or wrong, <laughs> they are fired up um, about uh, everything that's been unearthed and this all coming to public. They were like, we, we got like residual stuff, obviously, with the resignation of John Gruden. Right. Gruden being racist, anti-gay, misogynistic in his comments. Um, earlier this week, two former employees of the Washington football team uh, came to the hotel where owners were meeting with yeah. copies of a letter they sent to the National Football League asking for the findings for the investigation to be made public. Goodell uh, made it clear what he was not going to do. Where do you stand on this? I mean, I, I would love for all the emails to uh, definitely be open to the public. I would love to see what was said. Um, th this kind of goes back to what we just talked about a little bit earlier with the workplace um, that was not comfortable for many uh, with the Phoenix Suns, allegedly. I have to make sure I say allegedly. Um, but this was definitely documented when it came to the Washington football team from many employees inside the organization, uh, it's cheerleading squads. I mean, a lot of the things that were alleged by, you know, uh, people who felt victims of, of harassment uh, have all come out and said, yeah, we, we've come out and told our story. And yet we still don't feel like we're getting our just due in terms of hearing the full story that you guys found out even more. Um, I think this one is tough because, first of all, there was no fine. I mean, there was a fine. $10 million was to fine for Daniel Snyder. Now look, Quiet. now look, man. Quiet. I mean, but hey, look, I, listen, like it's just coming out yeah. and he's been away from the team for several months. Well, when we say away from the team, are you truly away from the team? Maybe not going I, to I'm football I'm just telling games. you what the man who <laughs> stands there in front of the shield or behind the shield or right. where Goodell stands, uh, noting that Daniel Snyder, Due to the investigation, has not right. been a part of team activities for the past several months. Uh, but it, who's been in charge? Co-CEO Tanya Snyder. Wifey. Snyder's wife. Oh, yeah. Wifey. <laughs> Wifey come back to the house, got all the news. Hey, this is what's going on. No, she's like, not on speed, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, pillow talking, you know. <laughs> Goodell, by the way, thinks that <laughs> Snyder has been held accountable. Correct. Yeah. No, I think that he... Uh, was held accountable in his eyes. I don't believe so in maybe the player's eyes and the fan's eyes. Um, we know $10 million to an owner is a drop in a bucket, dropping a hat. You know what I mean? Like, here you go, uh, chump change to one of the, you know, more, uh, what is it, uh, revenue generating organizations uh, right there in the capital, the Washington football team. I just think that the accountability, uh, people want to hold the NFL a little bit firmer with this because it does have different layers to it. 
it with the emails from John Gruden really spoke to um, you know acts of what the NFL is trying to promote that they are against, which is social justice, which is um, equality, uh, you know, gender roles, all of that. The the NFL has been trying to push back on all of that, saying, "Hey, we're for." social justice. We're for all this. We, we want to clean it up just as much as America does. But a lot of the emails that have been released that we've seen or the blips that we've, we've read, Jax, actually point to what was going on in that organization. So we just want to see full transparency. I know we probably will never see those transcripts, but I think it will be good for us to really understand. Even if you those people who spoke anonymity, if we don't even get their names, I don't care. I just want to see what's going on. And I feel like there's more coming because even John Gruden even said, hey, the truth will come out. And that's uh, that's kind of cryptic right there. <laughs> the truth will come out. I was like, all right. It's a matter of it's, 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 you got to be careful when them cats are down. <laughs> they always got some chips in their pocket, don't they? Oh, yeah. Wait, when somebody sit down like, oh, you know, like when you're away, this, hey, it's cool. Don't worry. You be like, oh, y'all going to. You can get me. <laughs> oh, y'all! They trying to go Nino Brown on us, huh? I'm really? telling everybody. Yeah, I'm bringing this whole thing down. Get your five dollar ass down before I make change. <laughs> really trying to bring it down, man. But I, I think that there's just a lot more people, Jacks, who are affected by this. Yeah, who were you know employees in the organization that ultimately don't necessarily get to live their life the same way from what they experienced. And yet the organization continues to go on, move on. Snyder is not around the team. He was fined 10 million. And then it looks like it kind of supposed to be swept away. And I think also too, on top of this, with all of this still in the air, still, it's still that cloud of this, of these Washington football team emails. Mm -hmm. And they, Retired the number 21 for Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor was a uh, former first-round pick of the Washington football team, uh, was tragically uh, murdered in his own home uh, during uh, his time away from the team as he was rehabilitating an injury. Uh, intruders came into his home, um, and he's defending his home and was shot and killed in his own home. But one of the greatest safeties with so much potential to be one of the greatest ever. And he was shot and killed. And it really shook the NFL world. And his number 21 is retired for the Washington football team. And a lot of people were pushing back against the Washington football team saying, why do this right now when you have all of this going on within your organization? We know why. And so there was some pushback. And I think they did come out and release a statement and say, hey, look, we, we had this plan. We wanted to do this. And... But many people are saying, was this a PR stunt? Was it just trying to take some attention sure. off the distraction? And I mean, I don't know for sure. That's not why I'm saying I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it, it up. It could because, be both things, Kirk. That's right. the thing, right? It could be something <laughs> that was planned and a distraction, right? Right. It, could be <laughs> it just, whatever it is, it, this won't go away. No. We will continue to see it. We'll continue to ask for it. And now when you saw that, um, you know, the government, you know, Congress wants to try to see if they can stick their head in there. You no, know, so, you know, well, let's let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, <laughs> what you I think? Have a phrase it's called antitrust exemption. Mm. That's what all professional leagues in America have. It doesn't mean yeah. 
that can't be other leagues. This can be other leagues while you're playing, and therefore you get that stage and you get to yeah. crush it, right, without <laughs> any real competition. Correct. Sure, you know, that those that's illegal. You can't have yeah. a monopoly in any um, – the, the, way, the way I always describe that, Jax, is with the anti-tax uh, exemption, the way I say it is this. Instead of getting taxed as 32 individuals in the NFL – we all get taxed as one. It's one big entity, the shield. All 32, we get taxed as one instead of 32 individuals. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, it, it bodes well mm-hmm. to have the uh, House Oversight Committee not be on you. Yes. Okay. Cadell mm-hmm. um, says he looks forward to cooperating with congressional inquiry. Um, we know that that's the right thing to say. It is not anything you enjoy. No. There is nothing awesome about having your problems discussed uh, on the record, on live television, uh, as the permanent sport in North America. Uh, but two members of the House Oversight Committee wrote the league last week saying that they were seeking more information on the investigation into the workplace misconduct with the Washington football team. I look forward to this dance Goodell's going to have to do with the federal government that holds the league's status uh, over their head as it pertains to that protection and how they will, and I'm sure they will try to craft it as best they can. Right. Uh, But lawyers versus lawmakers, lawmakers win. Always. (laughs) <laughs> lawmakers are the one they, they create the laws on what you can do, what you can't do. Yeah. They, they've got the upper hand for sure. I'm not sure how this will end. Um, and I, I get where Goodell's coming from in protecting those who cooperated in the investigation that can be done and also be transparent at the same time. I agree. And he's doing his job. You know, Roger Goodell is always going to protect the shield. Because if he doesn't protect it here, you know, obviously, could there be other cases down the road that may start to open up? I said, we're just focused on the Washington football team. But, you know, just like we talked about earlier with the Suns, are there more instances like this that maybe some may be afraid to speak up? But if you're able to now have the anonymity to go out and speak on what's going on in your organization without consequence, you may start to see some more instances like this. Who knows? I'm just, I'm, maybe I'm just on my own speculation, but his job is to protect the shield so that things like this, you know, don't tear the NFL down. So you tread lightly, but you got to do your work. You got to do your just do. You got to do your homework. You got to make sure, hey, how do I get these stories out without tearing down the shield? And that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about accusations of favorite treatment, Jokes yeah. about cutting player salary, uh, the the um, intrigue and drama yeah. of all this is is hard to get away from. Um, <laughs> how the sausage <laughs> is made, right? Like wow. you know, nobody wants to see that. Uh, nobody. Um, but I want to make this clear that of all the things that have been drawn to this fire, are attention as the gathered media, the attention of the fans. I don't know how moved that group is and more on that in a second. 
but Congress, man. That's who you don't want. You feel the way that you want about government and its inefficiency. This is what they do. Right. This oversight of stuff is they, they do that kind of together. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, fan wise, mm. what's your gut on how this is moving people? I know you're over there listening to folks on NFL Network. What, <laughs> yeah. It surprises me sometimes the numb that I hear from football fans because in the end man put your finger in the dirt and play that that really is the football fans mentality Um, and I don't necessarily fault them for it but sometimes you do have to assign some responsibility to these organizations yeah but I think also the fan base just wants to win (laughs) the fans almost that's the hard part is that they could care less they just want to get it fixed and cleaned up and, and move on I mean, fans could care less. They they don't worry about the emails. They're worrying about for the Washington football team. Do we have the right quarterback in place? Right? What's wrong with our defense? You know, that's the questions that a lot of people have. It's for them. It's what's on the field. You know, they could they could care less. I I think honestly, you know, there are some people who you know obviously want to have the right organization. Hey, we are an organization of class, first class. But for the most part, it really is for them the action on the field because that's what they see first. That's what they see most. But I think also, too, when you breed success, when you do have success, do more stories like this come out? Or is it when you're down, some people like to kick you while you're down? Or is it when you're on top, people find ways to bring you down? Let's end the program on something that lifts people up, my man. I appreciate Mm. the inspiration. (laughs) <laughs> uh, when we come back here on Forward Progress, the NBA extends support of historically black colleges and universities to advance educational, career, and economic opportunities across all 107 HBCUs in America. We'll discuss this massive program as we continue on this program entitled Forward Progress. You're listening to Sirius XM Radio. Radio. We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Back and rolling around to a topic that we can embrace and enjoy here on Forward Progress. Jason Jackson here, Kirk Morrison there. Uh, Last week, the NBA announced an extension of its ongoing commitment to HBCUs. Uh, We had this discussion, right, Kirk, a couple weeks ago with the powers that be about a new program designed to create opportunity for students and alumni, by the way, as well. Uh, encourage economic advancement and further celebrate their rich traditions. As part of this partnership, the NBA uh, will develop new programs and events focused on the historically black college and university community, specifically around professional development, career advancement, and increased support and awareness for HBCU athletics and institutions. Uh, Let's get into the stuff. So much mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so let's go one by one. I'm glad we got some time here. Uh, there is a new fellowship program for career development. This is going to launch, Kirk, next year. Okay. The NBA and its teams will offer new paid fellowship programs for undergraduate and graduate students. Hello, Jordan Jackson and FAMU. Focus <laughs> uh, the program, which will be led by the NBA Foundation, will offer historically black college and university students, the opportunity to gain real life insights and professional experience around the business and operations of basketball. How awesome 
is this opportunity. Man, this uh, this is huge because now you you've got a uh, you've got a sort of a bridge from the NBA to the HBCU HBCU that you can cross and get involved and be a part of you know a professional sports organization. I mean, th- these are tough jobs to get, and a lot of times it's about who you know and maybe not so much what you know. But I think to level the playing field, this is an outstanding job because it also finds the talent. Like there's a lot of talent out there and it's really hard to find it sometimes because it's, you know, you're in a situation where, man, I don't know if I can get there or who do I talk to? How do I, you know, and and now to have that bridge, man, I think this is huge because you can link up with a team early on and work your way. That's one of the things, Jack, and I know you've, you've done it uh, so many times over the years. You get that intern that comes in for the year and you say, hey, how you doing? And you introduce yourself, say, yeah, I'm interning. I go to this school and that school. And you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden you watch them work. You say, okay, that kid's going to make it. That kid's going to make it. And so I, I love those opportunities because I see it on the football side. And I'm like, man, I'm watching. I got a couple kids in mind I've seen on the NFL side with working with the Rams. You saw, they said, oh, what school you went to? I went here and I always want to do this. And you watch them grow. And next thing you know, they're, they go from actually being on the PR side to two of them have switched over into the actually administrative side. And I don't know if that would have never happened if they never had the opportunity. So I I love this because I've actually seen it work. And now to extend that and get more people who are involved in HBCUs involved is even better. The students will work in positions uh, in New York, where I'm radiating from right now, is that he get ready to play uh, uh, Brooklyn on Wednesday. Um, Also with NBA and WNBA teams and their markets and Here's the thing. They're going to be mentored. They're going to be matched with a league or team employee mentor as a part of the experience. Careers.nba.com. The applications will be there in the coming months. Careers.nba.com. You're connected to a HBCU as a graduate or as a current student. um, You're eligible for this program. Um, Let's get down to this NBA HBCU Classic. Now, this is building off of All-Star 2021. All right, where the NBA and the Players Association will once again highlight the HBCU community. Now during this 75th anniversary celebration of the league in Cleveland in February. Uh, my last All-Star game, by the way. I'm retiring from All-Star. That's your last one? All-Star game. Wait, what? I'm out. You re- you're old. retiring? I can't handle Black Thanksgiving like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get up out. Dog. Hey. I, is that what you call it? I know that's that what it was exactly called. what I call it. <laughs> And for good reason. And I'm not upset if anybody else calls it that either. Yeah, I got it. I see. I know. It's like me. It's me and Super Bowl. I know what the I know what the All Star Game is for the oh NBA. Goodness. Certain cities with the Super Bowl. You know what I'm talking. Yeah. About. Um, the <laughs> celebrations will be highlighted by the Miac matchup between Howard and Morgan State. Uh, the game will be played um, in Cleveland during All Star Weekend and will be broadcasted live. Um, also, during NBA All-Star, more than $1 million will be contributed in support uh, to uh, the HBCU community through the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, uh, the United Negro College Fund, and, uh, and straight to academic institutions. Additionally, uh, historically black colleges and universities will be showcased uh, through unique content storytelling and special performances in the biggest weekend uh, the association puts on. 
Yeah, eyeballs. That's what you yeah. want. You want to get as many eyeballs as possible. Uh, those stories, you know, for me, each week when you see a story, you're like, man, because now you want to uh, learn more about them. You know, for me, with my college football background as well, you know, each week when I talk to, uh, you know, different schools, PR, you know, communications directors, and I say, point me into a story that I should know about this team or about a player, about a person. They say, oh, well, take this kid out, man. He's, you know, he's a double major in this, or this guy last week he scored the 95% on the MCAT. And it's those stories that people don't know enough of. And to have some of these stories being told of many players in HBCUs, now you can start to follow. Or you say, oh, I want to research more about this kid and watch them grow. That's the storytelling part that I think that needs to be done because now you can start to gravitate to them. And now you're pulling for Morgan State, right? You're, you're pulling uh, for Howard even more so now. You know what I mean? Now you're like, I got, I got reason to watch even more so, not just to support the HBCU, because I actually want to support the players. I got more, man. This stuff, uh, this list is like plentiful. Like that felt like enough, right? But the NBA, the G League, and uh, Basketball Africa – going to leverage their pre-draft combines and showcase events for historically black colleges and university players, coaches, and trainers, a space where these players just don't get the light on them, right? Because of playing, uh, listen, you play in the MEAC and the SWAC, easier to get eyes on you. You play in these other conferences, you know, where the other 80 plus schools exist, right? You don't have that same light. This is, that's invaluable to players trying to make their dreams come true, coaches and trainers who want to move up to the next level. It's just more resources that were never there before. I think that's what it is. You, you have more resources now. And I think that will give more guys opportunity to say, I don't always have to go to this college. I can go other places and get the same opportunities. I may even have more resources now than going here than I ever had before. And it does bring in more athletes, more student athletes, more kids, just because I know that when I get done, I'm going to have a situation of I can choose where I want to go. I can choose where I want to be or what I want to be because not everybody's going to fall into the path of going to the NBA or doing all, but to be able to have different ways of saying, if the NBA is for me or if basketball, I can continue that. But if not, there's also other paths for me to take and to be successful with after sports. And that includes officiating. Yeah, there we go. That will be a focus of uh, this initiative, the league expanding their targeted referee development strategy. Um, NBA 2K having events on the ground at HBCUs to introduce students to careers in gaming and esports that probably wouldn't necessarily be on their minds, or they it's on their mind and they don't know how to grasp it, right. and now it'll be right in front of them. <laughs> um, and probably the biggest and most important initiative of them all, taking nothing away from what we've already discussed, um, historically black college, university alumni, and other black mm. entrepreneurs will partner with the league as part of the NBA's commitment to onboarding more minority-owned businesses as league licensees. That is a tough room to get in for any business. Right. But this league is committed 
to a space that is entirely underrepresented when their league is damn near 80% black. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, you know, kudos to uh, everybody involved with this, Jax. It really, I mean, because you know, we, we saw it before, but I think now the attention to these um, initiatives, you're starting to see it. It's more visible. And I don't know that it was, it's always been there, but I feel like because of what our country has been through, that my focus and your focus is now are, are, are seeing it more. Where before, hey, it would come across our desk, you read it, and you kind of pass it along more. But now it's like, okay, how do I get involved? What can I do? Even from in the seat that I sit in, if it's tweeting about it, if it's a share on social media, if it's telling a buddy, telling a friend, like that's the one thing I'm learning is that we can all be involved in this right. without necessarily being there. Like, oh, I'm not going to be in Cleveland. What can I? No, but you can tell a friend. You can say, hey, look, I'm going watch, to uh, watch Howard take out Morgan State, man. I'm going to sit down. And watch. Like, there's other ways that you can start to get the buzz around more and to get the more eyeballs, to get the more attention. So that's why I like this initiative. And I love what the NBA is doing because they realize it, too. You mentioned it. When you got 80% black players in your league, and you, you got to do something. You, you, you have to. It's, it's no, no doubt about it, man. You have to bring, um, you know, light to, you know, what your league is really all about. I'm going to tell you right now, um, there's one thing to talk about it. There's another thing to be about it. Oh, there you go. The NBA committed to supporting the growth of the next generation of mm -hmm. leaders from the black community. This is how you do it. You get, you get in there. You roll out the bullet points. You blow people away with it. Um, HBCUs produce 20% of this country's black college graduates, but only account for 3% of all colleges in the United States. That, that's yeoman's work, all right? And historically, these institutions have been under-resourced, averaging one-eighth the size of the endowments of historically white colleges and universities, which, while terrible, makes sense due to the plight of black folks in this country uh, for 400-plus years now. 402. The, the MBA's programming here uh, are going to advance educational, career, and economic opportunities in collaboration with these wonderful schools and these outstanding students. And these three areas of career development, of having this platform with the classic, and this focus on getting uh, kids and graduates into the league in a finite, like real tangible hands on it way uh, is the model that each of these leagues that claim the support should model themselves after. Uh, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm watching it now because, you know, the Major League Baseball is in their World Series right now currently. And, you know, this is also a stage for them that they should also continue to preach what we've talked about on this program uh, many times before and what baseball could do. Uh, the NBA is doing it. The NFL is doing it. I know there is a section of the Major League Baseball that's doing something. But I think in a case right now where you're on your grand showcase, 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if uh, who you're pulling for, by the way. I don't know if you are you Braves or Astros in this one, Jax, by the way. Dusty Baker. I'm are Rusty you going all Dusty? <laughs> I ain't, listen, I ain't calling nobody's team in this battle. But Dusty with that toothpick in the red, boy. Oh, can I get it? When he gave when he gets all clapped up. The wristbands come like, Dusty, what? You're not sweating. And by the way, after these games are indoors. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, Dusty! I love yeah. Dusty Baker. So he- Dusty is that? Uh, is that? A, he's that that grandpa, that uncle. He is. Uh, he is. He is who I saw in my youth. I would say he is yeah. the one. Yeah. Hey, go go over there and talk to your uncle Dusty. Dusty got the look. He's the toothpick in the wristband. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm you know, I'm obviously I'm watching that. Uh, and obviously, you you have like you mentioned uh, an African American head coach, a black head, a black manager. In a, in a in a big time position on this platform, you know we saw it last year with Dave Roberts in the Dodgers, and so you know I, I do want to kind of just you know hit on that, just shine light that Absolutely. you know these are these are faces that in many years past that you never really got a chance to see a lot, right. and so you do highlight some of these successes, and you you hope for the best. You hope that you know obviously that you know it brings more attention to that that should be the norm. <laughs> not necessarily the uh, uh, the minority, right. um, but again, too. I mean, I was another thing I was thinking. Of, I know we're wrapping up soon. Is that you know I got the NBA league pass too, and okay. uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know I'm looking around. There's a lot of black coaches in the NBA, bro. <laughs> Listen, hey, man, it's a <laughs> year, right. It is, uh, you know what? Kudos again to the NBA. You know, and that's what this program is about. We bring it the the progress that we see throughout the country each and every week. And so, you know, as I'm turning it and as I'm turning the channels, and Lamelo Ball is lighting it up, and you know, I, I see, uh, you know, one of your guys, one of the uh, Morris twins, using choice words over there with Miami about uh, how they uh, they ain't taking no uh, stuff from nobody. But I do get a chance to watch the entire league, and man, and so I do want to give kudos to the NBA, and that the the guys leading the charge look a lot different than we've ever seen in the NBA. Yeah, man. Markeith giving you a little special flavor. Yeah. Oh yeah, Keith. I just walk off. It's one of the Morris twins. That's all I say. One of the Morris twins. One of them. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you tuning in. By the way, don't be afraid to hit the audio portion. Okay, listen to your boy. Yeah, absolutely. Got to. So it's uh, mm-hmm. we're having a blast with this team. And so I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate the league. I appreciate you making it clear while we are here surveying the sports landscape for the things that aren't right. We, we do take the time to yes, acknowledge those that are doing the right thing when they are doing it. And those are the type of people we have on the program. Those are the type of stories we have on the program. I'm so proud that as we continue uh, now into our second season, wow. tracking all of this, that uh, that there's nothing in our way stopping this discussion, um, because there should be a gatekeeper for such things. Yeah, I agree, oh, man. Always a pleasure. Let's do this again next week. <laughs> for our producer, Brunel Brown. And my partner, Kirk Morrison. I'm Jason Jackson. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Forward Progress. We'll talk to you next time. 